And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding. I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. And welcome to the Daily Dang on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Coming up, the Nuggets had a rough weekend. The Kings held back the Suns. And the Knicks spoiled the Lakers Oscar party. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Keith, New York Knicks are in town. They got beat pretty badly the other day by the Clippers. I think these guys got a good sleep last night. They rolled into L.A., playing the Lakers, and they pick up a win, 112-108. to Julius Randle came in a man possessed. He took over right away, had 18 points in the first quarter, 25 in the first half. Knicks are pretty good. The Knicks are pretty good, Dave. I mean, they win, they've won 40 games. Congratulations, Knicks. You had Hollywood's, Hollywood's biggest stars come out. Not to go to the Oscars. They wanted to see R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle do work. They did it. You had Denzel and Spike Lee sitting courtside watching this game. I mean, it was a big game because the Lakers have obviously obviously been playing well. They've been picking up momentum. The The Knicks, they've had a good year, but without Jalen Brunson, sometimes it doesn't go that well. But this is a big victory. I mean, it has huge playoff ramifications for the Knicks and then for the, the Western Conference play-in race. But, yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a huge victory for the Knicks doing that LA double step, the two step out there um, to come out of LA with at least a split. And like the way they played, the way their bench performed just grounded out, overcame a huge performance from D'Angelo Russell. Um, yeah. New, New York uh, give, I wish they had an acceptance speech for their 40th win. <laughs> I think I'm like, sure Julius like Randle had something to say after this game. Uh, RJ Barrett. Yeah. RJ Barrett had 30. Uh, he, you know, does so much uh, of his scoring load with that bench unit, like you mentioned. Josh Hart has been a hero to the Knicks since he's since he came over at the trade deadline. And you mentioned this is a big win for them with playoff ramifications. It's a big win for them from a momentum perspective. They had lost three straight, and you mentioned they haven't had Brunson. I don't know when he's coming back. They needed to pick up a win, I think, mentally, just to, you know, so that they don't lose the good vibes that they've got going. For the Lakers. You know, this is another close-fought game uh, where defensively I thought they were pretty good. Uh, Anthony Davis had a really nice game, was plus 9 in 37 minutes. That lets you know, you know, the sort of game he had, 17 points, 16 rebounds, uh, a couple of of steals and a block. But D'Angelo Russell really was a star for the Lakers tonight. This is why they brought him in, and you immediately see it's just a better fit on the court than what they had with Russell Westbrook previously. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he did everything you could ask of him. I know there's an easy joke here to point out that he scored a bunch and lost, and that's the D'Lo experience. I'm not going to make it, Dave. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm, that's I'm for the pre-show. That's for the pre-show, yeah, only. No, I mean, obviously you want to highlight, like, Troy Brown gets the start, does an offer. Uh, 0 for 8, uh, a gaping hole in that Lakers starting lineup. I'm honestly confused a little bit why uh, Austin Reeves has been playing so well that he can't even get even more minutes. Um, this was a, it was a strange game where, honestly, you know, like, like you said, Julius Randle came out hot, but, like, I thought the Lakers were going to win for almost this whole game. Like, they kept pulling ahead. They kept playing. It, it was a back-and-forth affair. But I was really, like, maybe I just thought without Jalen Brunson, the Knicks would stumble down the stretch. But they, they, they did not, and I, I was honestly surprised. Well, they did stumble down the stretch, Keith. Yeah. That's the thing. They blew a 10-point lead, basically, at the end of the game. And, and, you know, it winds up going to 112 on a couple of Josh Hart free throws after some very good hot potato uh, from the Knicks to, to run out the clock. But, you know, right down the stretch, they had a two-point lead. R.J. Barrett goes for the shot with about 11 seconds left on the clock, and there's only 23 seconds left in the game. So way too early there. But it's a series of things with the Knicks where, listen, they are a good basketball team. They have good players, but they still have, a, a, I think, a management problem on offense. They don't run anything most of the game. They don't run anything at all down the stretch. It's a lot of isolation, and this is why Jalen Brunson is the sort of key here to this team. And look, Jalen Brunson might get some like fifth-place MVP votes, and maybe well-earned when you look at how this team plays without him because down the stretch of games he does take it over he gets to the paint he makes good decisions but the you know there we know what this team is we, I feel like they're going to be a first round out in the playoffs but this is still a pretty good basketball team that should be better next year actually. it might not be a first round I mean I think everyone's circling that possible Knicks Cavaliers first round series and honestly I could go either way there's a couple of numbers where I you see, like, the Cavs haven't been particularly great in clutch situations, although they're awesome in overtime. I'll grant you they're awesome in overtime. Um, but, like, there's some concerning numbers for the Cavs, and, like, I feel like that could be a toss-up. I'm, I'm probably – I probably would still take the Cavaliers, but, like, the Knicks have a lot of stuff going right. Going back to the Jalen Brunson, like, maybe uh, a fringe MVP vote every, here and there, I'm still stunned that the coaching – the coaches picked Julius Randle as the all-star over, over Brunson. I just thought Brunson was maybe more important to the team, but – Maybe they favor the big man. Um, looking at the Lakers side of this, the thing is a basketball fan that most intrigues me about this loss. It's just the log jam now. We're talking about this Western Conference play-in race. We have four teams at 33 and 35. The Pelicans, the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Lakers. That's nine through 12 in the West. Tied. We only got a few weeks left. Yeah, and the Timberwolves and the Mavericks only have a game up on them. And the Mavericks are going to be shorthanded. For their game Monday night against Memphis. So, I mean, maybe even just circle that in as a loss. Although, right now in the NBA, you don't know. Like, everything is so up and down. Memphis is still, you know, they're missing a bunch of guys. Steven Adams, obviously, out for the rest of the season. Uh, and then the Warriors are only one game ahead of Minnesota and Dallas for the sixth seed. With the Clippers only a half game ahead of them for the five yeah. seed. The playoff race is nuts. And, and, you know, look, everybody, every single time this comes up, we all say that the play-in really saved the regular season. The play-in saved the regular season for me because, like, all these games actually matter. I need to tune in. I need to watch. I need to care the next day. Like, what What are the standings? I am checking the standings every morning right now, Keith. Well, we've made it midway through March, and I think if you polled anyone who covered the NBA in, like, December, if you were like, hey, are the Jazz and Thunder going to keep playing hard or are they going to pull the plug? 
you'd be like, no, 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 they're not. They're, they're going to give it up. And even there's been there's been moments where you're like, oh, the Jazz have dropped a few. Uh, the Thunder have dropped a few. Oh, Shea, Gildress Alexander has got a sore abdomen. He's, he's going to miss a couple. But these teams keep clawing out victories, and they're still right there. And, and this weekend, both of those teams got, got some wins. And then, like, the Pelicans, who've had the worst luck uh, of anyone, they blow out the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are trying as hard as they can, as far as we can tell. Dame Lillard ended up missing the game on Sunday. But, like, uh, you have Trey Murphy 3 scoring 41 for the Pelicans. They get a win. This is going down, looks like, to the final buzzer. And then it might come down to the tiebreakers. We're going to learn about tiebreakers. We didn't even know it existed when, when it gets to April. What if there's play-in games to get into the play-in, Keith? No, that's what it have should be. Have you thought about that? We shouldn't have tiebreakers. We it's should, a Russian what? nesting doll of play-in games to just get into the play-in. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm rooting for. It would be amazing. Basketball is at its best as a single elimination sport. You're a madman. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Big game on Saturday with playoff implications, Keith, because it's that time of year. The Kings hold off the Suns and get a win, 128-119. That Kings bench, man, it really came in and did its job. Balanced effort overall offensively for the Kings. You know, nobody had a 20-point game, but they had seven guys in double figures, Keith. And to me, the big story to take away from this game, it isn't that the Kings are a better basketball team than the Phoenix Suns. It's that the Phoenix Suns have given up all of their depth for Kevin Durant, and now they don't have Kevin Durant for probably the rest of the regular season or at least something close to that. Right. I mean, you're talking about a, a Suns bench that is anchored by buyout guys. Like, they, 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 they gave it all up. And if you have, you know, if your Josh Okogie isn't having one of his really great offensive games, like, and he's a starter, of course, like, you can normally depend on him, but, like, they don't have a ton uh, beyond what is just, I guess, their big three uh, of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. And, like, the Kings, who have been getting it done all year, they've had an incredible run of injury uh, luck where basically they've, they've been healthy with all their core guys this whole season, and they have just, like, they keep growing and getting better and getting better, it feels like. And then when you get, I would, I'm going to call what the Kings bench did in this one, unexpected contributions. When you get some unexpected contributions, when you're dropping, looks like, 12 made threes from your bench, maybe 11 or so. Like when Davian Mitchell is dropping the threes, Trey Lyle's having a big game. That is that Kings firepower where we all said it. This is one thing like we said, hey, this team's going to have firepower. We didn't know they were going to have like two seed firepower. But this team also, like the Knicks, wrapped up their 40th win of the year. And this was a big win for these seeding races. I think everyone... Basically, Vegas hasn't believed in the Kings all year. I mean, I know that reflects the betting 
populace and they're trying to make money, but like you could get you could get the Kings to win their division at like long odds as of weeks ago because they're like, oh yeah, well the Warriors are going to beat them or or the the Suns are going to overtake them. But this win right here knocks the Suns back down, uh, gives the Kings a little bit of breathing space, helps out the Grizzlies too, and the three seed pushes the Suns back down to four. So like the Sacramento Kings dream season carries on, and it was it was a big win. To, to kind of nip any like late season run, you know, in the bud where like you don't have to worry about the Suns coming on and taking away maybe your home court advantage if you're Sacramento. Well, you mentioned the Warriors, so let's move on to the big game Saturday night. The Warriors hosted the Bucks, and you know this has been a Jekyll and Hyde season for the Warriors. When they're at home, they look like the champions. When they're on the road. They have looked like an AAU basketball team that does not play defense. Well, they're now 28-7 and seven at home thanks to Steph Curry. He scored 22 of his 36 in the fourth quarter and overtime. Had a key block, Keith. Did it on offense yeah. and defense. Tied the game in regulation with a made three. Comes back down and blocks Drew Holiday as he attempts to hit the game-winning layup. I mean... Does Steph Curry just have to do it all? Is that is that the key to success for the Warriors? Like, if they're going to climb up in the standings, potentially be a home court advantage team, they did, do they just need Steph to be the best player on the planet? I don't know what the answer is, Dave. I don't have any basketball analysis that solves the riddle of why in the world the Warriors are so atrocious on the road and then good at home. Because I watch these, I feel like we watch these Saturday night home games and we're like, well, that team can beat anybody. They're amazing. Steph Curry is the best. And then I'm like, I just watched this team two days ago get rolled by a Grizzlies team that was shorthanded. And so it's like, I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, I thought it was funny where Steph Curry and Drew Holiday, it's like a role reversal. Normally it's Drew Holiday with the game-saving block, the game-saving game-winning steal. But it was Drew who was surprised that Steph blocked his shot. And then in overtime, uh, the Warriors pull away. I mean, the Bucs are playing without Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, like, the Warriors, you need, you need to win that game. Like, you, you, you need to win that game. No, you have and, to win that game. But, the, the, honestly, uh, it looked like they were going to lose. Like, they were down. It was right. a huge rally. And it took, su- it took superhuman stuff. It took superhuman stuff to do this. And, I mean, I, again, I don't know what the answer is for the Warriors. They're so strange. And, like, just staring at the standings, it doesn't make sense when you see they have seven road wins. You're like, what? How well, is what? that possible? And like, and it isn't like an injury thing. Like Steph Curry is playing in these games and they're losing them. So I, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. And they were able to tread water for a while there when he was out. I mean, the biggest problem to me is that Jordan Poole isn't good at home or on the road. That's that's their <laughs> biggest problem, and he plays a lot of minutes. So that's the thing that they've got to figure out. And then we got to move on to the Denver Nuggets, the number one seed. We probably don't talk about them enough because they've just been so good. So of course, Keith. When they have, go on a three-game losing streak, that's when we need to talk about them. The Nuggets had a rough weekend. They lose to a decent Brooklyn Nets team on Sunday. That, look, that's going to happen, man. The Nets are going to beat some teams. They're still decent. But losing to the Spurs Friday, Keith, come on now. That's that's Warriors on the road level of sadness. I mean, the Spurs have a little talent, I guess. They weren't expecting the Devin Vassell return game? No, I don't know. Uh, the, the Nuggets have looked sluggish recently and maybe I'm too close to it because I watch a lot of Nuggets games. I have a soft spot for, for the Nuggets and um, I, I'm not super worried about them because like they have the one seed wrapped up and it is March and everyone else is so focused on like, we have to win, we have to win. And the Nuggets are like, eh, we did it. 
we're, we're, we're good. So, like, yeah, Jokic definitely mailed in uh, a game last week. But, like, he, then he rebounded. Uh, and then you end up losing to, like, a uh, like an upstart Nets team that has a very aggressive um, defense. Like, they really floundered the Nuggets a lot on Sunday, uh, despite the Nuggets being like, hey, we really shouldn't lose three in a row. But the, uh, the, the Nets just were they were swarming. Yeah, and for my money, there's not a single player in the league, end of game, I'd rather have the ball than Nikola Jokic. And Brooklyn was able to play him physically without fouling, which is nearly impossible when guarding Jokic. They did a really good job. You mentioned they swarmed him. Uh, his goes up for the Sambor shuffle, and he's got two bodies on him. Spencer Dinwiddie's on his back, and he's got a defender in his grill. So they really just keyed in on him, and he still had 35, 20, and 11, Keith. He's a, just a stat pattern, right? Now, Michael Porter Jr., this is this is the thing that I want to pay attention to here, Keith. Yeah, He only plays 23 minutes. He scores 23 points. Sits most of the fourth quarter. Basically benched. What? What are well, we thinking here? It was it's one of those things where you start making the run with a certain lineup. I th- I prefer me that's what it was where where the Nuggets were down double digits and they started getting some stops. They had Christian Brown on the court. They, they they were, you know, like they were making a run based on their defense. Things were going well. So all coaches have the decision, "Hey, do I put some of my starters back in?" or maybe they just liked like they were playing the hot hand. They liked the lineup they were going with. Um after the game Michael Porter Jr. had some stuff to say about, like, you know, I I got benched, basically. Or, like, how can I get a rhythm if, I, if I'm only playing 20 seconds, you know, in a fourth quarter? So, like, they have some stuff to work out. And anytime you lose three in a row, you're probably going to have a little bit of friction uh, maybe in the locker room and some things to sort out from those top guys or starters who maybe you didn't go to in the fourth quarter. I mean, maybe I'm being naive by not being super concerned about the Nuggets. But I, I think they'll work it out. I don't think it's that big of an issue. I will say Michael Malone historically has not been a guy who is sort of, you know, stuck to his rotation. He's he's a guy who often can coach by the seat of his pants if a guy is on a hot streak. This is not a Steve Kerr who is like, okay, I've got this scheduled, and if you're sitting, it's because you've been benched. So I, I tend to agree with you there. I think he's just riding a hot hand. It's a long season. Right. And I mean, I think probably for another story that people are going to take away from this you know, the Nuggets losing three straight is how does that affect the MVP debate, which people can't shut up <laughs> right. about. And like, yeah, Jokic had a 30, 20, 10 triple double, but like he had some chances. Honestly, it's, I feel like the narratives are so fickle. If he'd made that like unbelievable three pointer at the end that had a chance to go in, like that's a huge, like um, maybe momentum push for locking up that third straight MVP. But by losing three straight, I do feel like he leaves the door cracked because, like, the Sixers are coming. Joel Embiid had a huge weekend. That guy makes another. He has so many game winners on the year. I guess that new NBA Clutch Award is going to come down between Embiid and De'Aaron Fox or something. But, like, yeah. Joel Embiid um, has made a strong push. The Sixers look awesome in their past few games. You know, like, will there be uh, some some jockeying as we come around the final stretch for the, for the MVP award? Well, after that long streak of Denver Nuggets wins in Jokic triple-doubles, they've now lost two straight That's right. where he's recorded a triple-double. So maybe triple-doubles are actually the bad guy here, Keith. That's right. Quit averaging 36 points in your triple-doubles uh, and losing. That's right. This happened for Jokic the last two games. That's right. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Keith Barris, I'm Dave DeFore. Keith, get out of here. Ding, ding.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.